Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thanks for tuning in today. Today, we're going to talk about natural health. Something that's very close to my heart, and I'm really lucky because I got Mette Skjærp again. I had the chance to meet her earlier in my life, and uh, she instantly inspired me. And I could see that she was something that had something on her heart and some deep knowledge. So she's one of the leading experts in Denmark within this natural health, and leading by example. And she started a company called Kamameo Skincare, which is really going deep into what is it you put on your body. So we all know by now that it It really does matter what you do. But uh, a lot of people are claiming that they're doing the right stuff, but uh, not everyone is doing. So that's why I'm extremely proud and happy to have uh, Mede with me today. So Mede, welcome so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Mede, how did you get into all of this natural health? Well, I think ever since I was a little girl, there was always something drawing me towards the kitchen and drawing me towards the refrigerator and very early asking my mom what this thing about being vegetarian was. And I'm from the south of Denmark, um, where I grew up in a perfectly normal Danish lifestyle with meat and potatoes and everything. So it was not like we became vegetarians, but it was always close to my heart. Then when I was 15, quite by chance, I ended up in a model competition that Ford was having here in Denmark and worldwide. And uh, much to a big surprise to all of us, I ended up winning this competition and it became a fast train into an international career as a model for 10 years. And of course, in the beginning, this was quite exciting and quite scary and quite confusing. You're a child in an adult world and there's no textbook to learn anything. So the first few years I really spent just working out how to take the metro in London or what an art director was or yeah, all these little specifics of being in the fashion industry. But after a few years, I started in Milan and then I moved to Tokyo and then I moved to London and then finally um, hit New York when I was 18. And at this point, I was also starting to think, okay, this... This job, like what, what is, so, so all I have to do is stand and wiggle around in front of the camera. But what about my brain and, and how will I develop from here? And then just through interest, uh, started uh, visiting the health food stores in New York a lot. And soon thereafter participated in Bachelor of Science in Natural Health. And that really, really opened my heart up into this beautiful world of taking care of yourself really more than anything. And I think in my childhood, around 11 years old, I lost three very closely related people in my life, which is, of course, a major turning point in your life. And this always set me off on this great knowledge and understanding that I really had to make the best of life and that that was my responsibility and my obligation because... I understood that life was just something that we borrow for a little while. So I think very rooted in the idea that natural health for me is a means to a happy mind. 
which is my greatest focus of every day, is to say, how can I ensure that this day is not just wasted? Then I'm also fully aware that if I soil my body, then the effect will be both to my body and my mind. So yeah, I really spend my time in New York doing tea blends and perfume blends and I was sewing and I was making clay and pottery and I was taking pictures and my apartment was like a little greenhouse and this was just my really my interest above the fashion industry. So when I was on set, I was excited to go home and unwrap the aromatherapy candles that I'd made in the kitchen and yeah, this this was just a path that that uh, had opened up and that was 100% for me. So that's really how I ended up into the world of natural health, where of course skincare is a big part of it and the green wave of natural skincare has, had started. And I laugh a little bit today when I see the products that I then considered green. Mm-hmm. And of course the industry is also in a major development. So we get wiser all the time to how we can really make skincare better and better. And when you think about natural health, what are the main pillars in natural health for you? Well, natural health is like a big old beautiful bag of a lot of things. And it may even extend further for one person than to another. But some of the most essential parts of it is what you eat, what you drink, how you sleep, You're breathing, getting oxygen into the body, but it's also laughing and being happy and it's aromatherapy. And it's really this whole package of things that I see is how you stimulate yourself. And we always think of stimula- stimulating or stimulants even as something maybe negative, where I love the idea that we should stimulate ourselves in every possible way that we can every day, because it really is a way to improve your happiness. So what are some of your main ways into this natural health? So so what are like the three main focus points for you today? So most important for me will definitely be food and drink. So the, the nutrition that I give my body, staying hydrated on all of the products within the Camomile skincare range, we write, stay hydrated, drink water which is really a little bit of a peculiar thing to write on a skincare product. I think we're the only ones to do it, but it's just essential for our well-being and also for the skin's well-being. I love when I'm out doing uh, talks around Denmark. I really love bringing raisin and a grape and showing them to people and saying, well, how would you like your skin to look and how would you like your organs to feel? And I'm quite metaphorical like that. I really always like to put pictures on things. And I think maybe it's because everything I know is something, is knowledge that I've gained myself. I left school when I was really young and then worked as a model. And then I've had Kamamiwa ever since. So I've really obtained knowledge through all of the people around me. And therefore, I think that I really like knowledge to be easily, easy to take in. So food and drink as one, sleep as the other one. It's really when we sleep that our body regenerates. This is when the mind slows down. It's when the the body starts repairing. This is one of the great reasons why it's really not recommended to eat just before you go to bed. Because once you go to bed, this is when your system has to start repairing and fixing and checking out what's going on in there. 
And the same for your skin. This is also when the skin is really regenerating. And deprivation of sleep or, or too little sleep, it's a major issue in our society today. So many studies show how children, they're just not sleeping enough. Often parents may come home late from work and then in order to compensate, to make sure that you do have some quality time with your children, the children goes to bed too late. And it, the consequence of that is difficult uh, learning and it's depression and it's sadness. And of course, it's a torture method and um, to take people's sleep away. So I really recommend people to Google a little bit about depending on your age, what's needed for your sleep. And at my age, I'm 45, I need between seven and nine hours of sleep. And I get seven hours sharp because I love being awake and I especially love being awake at night yeah. where everything slows down. And so when my alarm rings at six o'clock, I'm on a little bit of a race with time at night, but I do have to close my eyes and hit the pillow around 11 o'clock to get those um, hours. Yeah. And the third thing for sure must be oxygen, mm. focus towards our breathing, making sure that we really get the oxygen into our body that is needed. Do you do any special kind of technique like the Wim Hof method or box breathing or? No, I think just I'm educated as a yoga instructor. So of course, through the yoga, I really learned a lot about breathing through that. But to me, I really like living quite a simple life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to have too many. Of course, I have to use dental floss and I have to, uh, you know, do all the different things that we people have to do. But the list can quite quickly become quite long. Mm. So I think the more that we can incorporate habits into our life in a natural way where it's not yet another task we have to do, the better I think it is, or at least for me. So I'm fully aware that good breathing is deep breathing. What's interesting with breathing is that if we are stressed or we are worried or concerned, often this immediately affects our breathing. So we go to the top part of our throat and we only breathe there, you know, almost like <sighs> this, uh, this short and, and concerned breathing. And this is double trouble because this also will start stressing your body because now it's not getting sufficient amounts of oxygen and it's not pushing through the body enough. So just in times of difficulty, I'll just make sure that I kind of remember, okay, the strongest tool I have right now, the best friend I have in the world right now is getting hold of my breathing. And I'm a very straight-backed person. I think I always have been, but also through the yoga. And sometimes to get into a deeper breathing, it just actually helps me to slouch uh, my back, you know, or even to lie down. So, so I can just have periods in my life where I'll have to be more conscious about making sure that I'm getting that oxygen. Hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And I also have three episodes on breathing. Yes. As different experts. Yeah. So if we move into skincare. Yes. I found out talking to my girlfriend earlier that that's a, a really big science from a T-shape or all kinds of different things. Yeah. What's important to know there? Well, I'd like to just start by saying how I got into skincare because after these 10 years working as a model, I decided after I was on a plane that I thought was going to crash where we were doing a landing over Miami that was not going well and they pulled us back up into the air and just flew us in really slow circles over the air, over the um, runway. And this was one of those key moments in life where I was sat 
for some reason, looking at the palms of my hands and purely naturally, my brain just started making a yes and no bundle to the left and to the right. And it was like, yes, I want to do this. And yes, I've done that. And yes, I've had a great life. And yes, I have actually really enjoyed it. And, and there was not a lot in the, in the no bundle, but interestingly, the one thing that really hit me was like, I haven't become a mother. I haven't carried a child. I haven't reproduced, I guess, <laughs> to take it even into the next level. And I think that that was really a wake-up call to me that at the time or earlier I had had an English boyfriend for many years and I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. And I just realized like, okay, it is Denmark that where I want to be, so I should go home now mm. before I meet somebody from Australia or whatever. And I was also getting ready to get out of the fashion industry. So I decided to move back home overnight, actually, and then started preparing for it soon thereafter. And coming home to Denmark, a very good girlfriend of mine, Julie, who is, has always been a great artist, primarily painting, and I just, in a really idealistic, cute way, decided we're going to make a company. We're going to redefine wellness. Mm. We are going to make, we're going to look at what already exists and then we're going to make it better. So actually one of the iconic products that we have in the range today is our bathrobe. And I think that was maybe the very first product we designed, which was from sheer frustration that I couldn't find a bathrobe that would go further down than my knee. Mm -hmm. And it's rather cold in Denmark in the winter. So I was really looking for this product. And that just became the start of Kamamiu, which this year celebrates our 20th birthday. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I don't know where time went, but it flies when you're having fun, right? And this, of course, more than anything, the first many years was um, a way of educating ourselves. Of course, in basics, like what's VAT and how do you handle your employees' uh, holiday calendar mm -hmm. and so on. But also within product development and materials and sourcing and all these things. And I really enjoyed it. And... So did she, we gave ourselves the first four years to be creative and decided that that was not about money. That would be about developing our skills and our own way of taking the education rather than going to the design school or similar. And then after four years, we were, okay, now we need to toughen up. And then, uh, yeah, we just kept developing and always within the same red line of redefining wellness. After eight years, Julie stopped and realized being self-employed was not perfect for her. She's a wonderful nurse today and my best friend. And I took the company from there and soon thereafter, quite a chance meeting with an incredible aromatherapeutic perfumer from England became the start of Camomile Skincare. So in that respect, I really trust life so much and I really try to stay so open because I just know that so many of the things that's happened in my life has happened by chance. And I believe if you stay open and reach out and meet the world with a sense of kindness and curiosity, so many good things will come to you. So I met Richard and convinced myself that, of course, we could have... It actually started with some scented candles, which, of course, fitted very well into our living range. 
And then, of course, starting to coming at this beautiful factory plant in, in England, in the countryside, my natural health heart just started beating a lot faster. So very quickly, I decided that we, of course, we could have a hand wash and a hand lotion because that fitted very well into the living range. And especially in Denmark with all these beautiful kitchens, you know, of course, we needed to do some beautiful design. And that was around 2010, 2009, 2010. So the skincare celebrates the 10th birthday this year. In 2012, the skincare really grew at this point, and we really added up on the numbers of SKUs. And I decided to completely restructure the company and go all in on the skincare. I really felt that this was somewhere where I could really make a difference. You can make beautiful organic towels and many other things, but a lot of brands do that. And I think what I'd always been looking for within my natural health heart was a range of skincare that would combine the pure and the natural, but merge it with the high efficacy ingredients that are clinically proven for their worth for the skin. And I always found it interesting because that's perfectly feasible to do, but nobody was really doing it. So what's important to look at when you look at skincare? So how do you how do you figure out how to get through the jungle of this yeah. is good for you, this is not good for you, and everyone is claiming that they're being organic and uh, having the right natural ingredients? For sure, it's a jungle, and I really understand the complete confusion out there. First, I'd like to just quickly break up what a skincare product is, because you can pretty much take it into the kitchen and compare it with cooking. Let's say you want to make a beautiful sauce of bayonese. Then you need to have your base within the sauce, and then you need to have the beautiful herbs, so let's say the tarragon, and then you need to have the essence of the bayonese, and so on. So the base of the sauce would be the base of the cream. This is really often where the problem within skincare lies. We may add water to the formula, and this means we need to preserve it. We may want it to foam. This is the surfactants, all the sulfates used. We may want it to emulsify like the mayonnaise. And it's all these functional ingredients that really more and more are being proven to have a terrible effect for human health. And the most important for me is always to ensure and promise the customers as well as my daughters. My daughters are using the products every single day. And I just want to make sure that we never ever use the CMR substances. So this is the cancer substances and the and ones creating hormonal disruption and the the DNA triggers. And how do you identify that? So when I'm standing down in my healthcare shop or wherever, yeah, I'm looking at this. Yeah, you don't. No. No. Of course, it's a really, really good help to find on the internet. For example, there's a website called EWG. And if you, it's the Environmental Working Group, it's American. And if you... Take one ingredient of the ingredient list and write that name and EWG. Then you will go straight into a rating system where they score it from one to 10 and it will tell you if there's cancer substances, etc. But of course, this is a major job and still you need to do it. And even spelling the ingredients can be hard. Mm. So I always say that you have to use brands where you trust them. You really read up on, on what they do. And then I think more than anything, ask questions. 
we've tried for Camemio skincare to make it a little bit easier by asking the question, why choose Camemio skincare? And we've made five bullet points explaining exactly what it is that you get when you choose us. And I think that that's a really relevant question to ask uh, any brand. And it may be better asking the brand directly rather than the salespersonnel in a big department store because they have quite an impossible job of having knowledge of maybe 100,000 products. They just do not necessarily have it. But if you're really thinking of changing like your skincare range, ask the brand, what what is your key values? What do I get when I use this product? And I think that that's such an important question to ask because for some product, for some brands, it may be it's 100% without perfume or fragrance. That for me, that's not what Camemio is about. I love fragrance. I love the way that it can stimulate our senses. I'm aware, of course, that there's people that have fragrance allergies, which is why we clearly list that our products have a lot of aromatherapy. We never use synthetic fragrances more than anything because I find it incomparable to the most amazing dynamic fragrances of nature. But so one brand may say, well, we are 100% without fragrance. Another brand may say, like mine, our focus is on the CMR substances. A third brand... CMI? CMR. So this is um, cancer, mutagenic and reproductive. So every brand will have their own vision and mission. And I really think the best thing you can do as a customer is ask questions. So that would be if I go down and look at this brand, it looks kind of cool. I'm like, I should definitely use that. There's a cool logo. It looks organic. They seem to write the right stuff. Then I would go to the website instead, find an email, support email and be like, hey guys, if hey. Why should I choose your brand? What's your key values? What's in it for me if I use your brand? Hmm. I think greenwashing as a concept where you make packaging that's looks organic and natural and you know you may add elements as trees or berries or whatever onto the packaging and you know this is don't be fooled by that because that's very easy to do you know a lot of brands always also will write with organic aloe vera but please note it only says that it's with organic aloe vera it doesn't say that it's with a base full of organic ingredients or so, and I think the consumer is getting really wise. You know, we have so much information to find online. And otherwise, I think you you need to find a brand that you trust. For me, with foods and the many other choices, like we don't have makeup, for example, in our skincare range, I really try to find a brand where I have a feeling like, I think I can trust this person. Mm. Just like when you have to choose a prime minister for the country, you know, you, you really try to look for, like, who, do I do I feel like that there is some heart behind this or is it a big financial machine where it's just all about the gross margin at the end of the day? So what makeup brand do you trust and why? I think it's really difficult because most makeup brands still use ingredients that I'm not happy about. It's the same with SPF protection. What's that? Sun, uh, sun protection, yeah. protection against the sun. Yeah, that's a big this, subject as well. This is really, really a big subject. And I think going back to, like I said before, find people you trust. I can see how many girls write me every month saying to me, what SPF or what sun protection shall I use? What makeup shall I use? What hair products, styling products shall I use? All the products that we don't have. So they've found a trust in what we do 
with our pure, natural and active skincare. But now they're looking for some help of what to trust. And I think that that's a really fair question. And unfortunately, on the sun, I can't recommend anything unless it's okay to be a little bit sticky and make your skin white. Mm -hmm. But one of the brands that I really like that have really kind of, they haven't nailed it because what they've done to compensate for this whiteness and stickiness is add a ton of silicone. So I now have my physical filters, but on the other hand, I have a lot of silicones that I don't want on my skin either. But right now there's no perfect option. And for this reason, I can't recommend anything. I think in Denmark... So we, you use sunscreen or... I use it as sparingly as possible. Yep. So I'll use it if we go on a holiday to the sun where we'll be a lot in the water and in the pool, etc. I will use it and I'll definitely use it on my kids, especially my youngest daughter, Mila, who's nine. She'll spend a lot of time in the pool. But I'll also ask her to wear a t-shirt. And you can say in Denmark we are... In this little incident instance, we're kind of lucky because we don't have that much sun. So mm. it's not the same as living in Australia where you really need to do it. So we will use sun protection and sometimes I compromise and we'll just buy the big old bottle of the water resistant and I'll close my eyes and I know that it's the chemical filters, but it's really because I know it's only for a week. Mm more and more discussions about sun protection is now really in the media and we need to look at it really I think seriously. it's why that banned mill sunscreen mm. despite it being so warm because it's killing the reef and they also think it's not really fit for humans. Yeah. Well, with sun protections, it's another talk, but you have three options. You either have the chemical filters, they're linked with products with the reproductive system and the hormones, as well as killing the reefs. You have nano, and for all nano ingredients, we have to list on the ingredient list that it, it's a nanoparticle. And this is because they don't actually know what the consequence can be. Of course, by saying it's nano, we know it's tiny, tiny, tiny. And our skin being our biggest organ, and an organ that, that absorbs things, when you then make something that's so tiny, the chance that it will actually penetrate into your body is huge. And the concern about nano sun filters, for example, is DNA damage. And then you have the physical filters, the mineral mineral filters left. And they are, unfortunately, can make you feel a little bit sticky or they can make you look a little bit whiter on the surface of the skin. But that's definitely what I'll opt for any day. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So what are some key factors to trust a brand? In your opinion? So when you look at different companies, whether it's food, makeup, sunscreen. Yeah, well, of course, I'm comparing it very much to my own company because I know that when I got in investors years ago, I said to them, you can move me in every direction, but I'll just never compromise on the products. I will never, ever start cutting ingredients to make a higher gross margin. I will never do fake marketing I'll never put a drop of something in the product, but use that as the primary marketing. And I'll never put anything in there that I'm not happy my daughters are putting on their skin or myself or my friends or family or all of our customers. And I could really see them looking at me like, okay, she's serious about that. And I am quite flexible with everything else. I'm always open for new ideas. But on this particular part, they know that if they want me in, then it's going to be under those conditions and terms. So I like the idea of brands having some people behind that are visible 
where they kind of put their head out there. You know, like, of course, if somebody has a bad experience with my product, it will link directly to me. Mm. So I think I really like smaller brands and I like brands where there's a person who take the beating if the beating comes. But, but of course, that's just my opinion. You know? Like, I think it has a lot to do with, with asking the questions. Mm. And then going more into skincare. So one thing of figuring out is you can take the ingredient list, list, you can go to the website, you can try and type everything in. Yeah. Or you can try and also find brands that seems to be with a front person that can kind of take the beating and see like what are reviews and so on. That's quite easy to Google as well. And you can yeah. go on Instagram to see if people are writing stuff about it. Yeah. So if we then say like, okay, this seems to be like, skincare is different depending on your skin as well. Yes. So it's not that simple. It's not just like the no. same skincare for everyone. Yes. What's, what's important to uh, to look into for people that most guys don't have the same knowledge to generalize a bit. Yeah. Guys also have, a, your skin is a little bit kinder to you. You have a higher sebum production, so your skin is actually better often at maintaining itself which is interesting, not saying that it's not good to take care of your skin. But I think, first of all, it's really important to understand that no two days are the same. So we have the weather changes, for example, in a country like Denmark, where we really have four different seasons. This also means, for some people, a working space with air conditioning sometimes, at other times, radiators, both terrible for your skin, and it will really affect how your skin is feeling. Then we have, especially for women, the hormonal changes. And this really affects our skin as well. So you really have to look at your skin and see how it's reacting. You really need to try things out and then kind of try to get a knowledge of, of what it seems to have a good reaction to. You should always remember, you can always go into any shop and say to them, I'd like to have a tester of your face cream before I spend 80 euro or whatever on buying it. And then they may say, oh, we don't have any small pots to give it in. And the company hasn't made sachets, which are terrible for the environment as well. But you can always at a regular store buy little plastic pots. So you can always go into a shop and say, I'd like some samples before I actually go in on this range. And I think that that's a really good way to start testing off products. But of course, if you have more specific problems with your skin, then it also takes time to see the change. So first of all, you want to see if you have a nice skin feel. Does it feel like your skin can breathe in the products? And is it generally having a nice reaction? Do you like the fragrance? And so on and so forth. And from there, it's test and trial. But as much as I love working with skincare... I'm not going to put percentages on as a rule because nobody knows exactly, but still my guess would be that maybe 80% happens from inside the body and maybe 20% from the outside of the skin. And I really like to look at the skin and it's something that I often say to the customers where they look a little bit scared, but where I say try to imagine a nice pair of boots and none of us really want these leather boots when they're brand new. We actually like when, you know, they've had some wear and tear and been on a dance floor and and the leather has softened up and maybe got a, a few cracks here and there. So we're not going for the, the perfect 16-year-old skin. We're just really going for the leather of the boot that's been taken well care of, moisturized, kept supple, 
etc. So this is the main, I think, focus from the outside is to really take good care of the skin and is to really activate the skin and to try to keep it as active as possible itself. Mineral oils, for example, which is a byproduct from the petrol industry, is used a lot in skincare because it costs nothing. So this is the mineral oils. And they're, they're known to really function as you almost put like a, some cling film over your face where your skin can't breathe. So you, if you really want to take good care of your skin, both in the natural health way and in, in, in also the skin improving way, you do need to go in and read up a little bit on, on what's the do's and don'ts in the industry. I think a website like Truth in Aging is actually also a really good website. She makes things really easily understandable. So, okay, so let's say you have a dry skin. Of course, you want to make sure that you go for products that are really suited for that type of skin. If you have young, fragile skin, you know, and this is again, asking the questions in the shop, getting the good advice and trusting the brands or asking somebody similar to you. You know, a lot of women, uh, it's known that a lot of women, they really buy their skincare products based on recommendations from friends and family. And I think that makes really good sense, you know, because if you're looking for a long lasting lipstick, your girlfriend may be able to tell you that this one really stays well on her lips. Mm. But otherwise, it's there's no easy answer on how to choose the right brand for you or the right perfect combination for your skin. But taking good care of your body from the inside, the inside of the body, I really like to see like a bicycle chain. We bicycle a lot in Denmark and we know that keeping the chain in good condition is really crucial for a good bike ride. And in the same way in the body, I believe we really need to clean it or detox, making sure that we're not overloading the system and we need to give it uh, lots of oils. I really cringe when I think back of the 90s in the fashion industry where it was all about fat-free. Mm. You know, we have our brain even consists of, I think, more than 60% of fat. And it's just terrible to think how so many people have and still try to live fat-free because this is just one of the most essential building blocks of our body. Then, of course, it's nice to choose the good fats from organic chia oil or whatever it may be. But to really keep the the body healthy, this will be the best thing you can do in order also to try to... And what are some good fats? Well, the good fats mm. can be something like almond oil, olive oil, chia oil, shea butter, you know, all the, all the plant-based things, really. I, I really believe in living the 80-20 lifestyle where 80% of my time I really try to live with respect for my body and 20% of the time I just love champagne and salty licorice and dancing, sleeping too little that night, etc. So I'm really not, I'm really not fanatic in any way. And I love butter, for example. So it's not like I, I go vegan either. And I really have a feeling as well that my body sometimes needs a steak or whatever it may be. I'm just quite aware that it doesn't need it all the time. Mm. So I really think each to their own and you have to find your own level or balance within it. And for me, myself, like I'm quite an interesting study because 10 years in the fashion industry, you're so aware of your weight all the time. Everybody's talking about diets the whole time. Everybody's started a new diet or hitting themselves in the head because they ate a bagel in the van in New York or whatever. So leaving the fashion industry, I thought, 
I'm actually forever damaged goods mm. on that part. I'm never going to eat anything again and not consider the calorie intake or whatever. And luckily, after my first pregnancy or during that, I just decided, okay, I've got to let it all go and just see where we'll end up. And interestingly, my body is exactly as it was when I was a young teenager, which is I have a really good metabolism. It takes really good care of itself. All I have to do is to respect it. So I think the, the most essential thing, the best thing we can do for our body is not to overload it. I think our bodies can handle so much, but I think and it needs to not too much food. eat too much, yeah. eat too much, eat too much food that has been tampered with. I always try to say to my kids, eat things that still look like when nature made it, mm. you know, rather than eating a bar where they say they've put in uh, almonds and this and that and the other, most likely they'll have put in a lot of other stuff as well. Just buy a bag of almonds you know, and buy a bag of raisins or buy a bag of, so, so, and I think that's such an easy way to actually live life when it comes down to shopping, because there's no doubt that the, the major battle for how you eat happens in the supermarket. So I try to, every time I'm in a supermarket or I shop online, before I check out or go to the cashier, I'll always look down into all the products that I have gained together and I'll, I'll see what's the, what's the ratios. Do I have uh, most preservative preserved foods that are in fancy packaging and no longer looks like it has been growing on a tree or on a field or whatever and try to make that balance right. And I think that if, for example, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of drinking smoothies in the morning And I'm definitely not talking about like strawberry, banana and yogurt smoothies. On the contrary, we put everything in there. And I can just see how my body completely self-regulates when I give it from six in the morning to 12 or whenever I have my lunch to only have fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, etc. Superfoods like spirulina or maca or all of these beautiful things available to us today. I just think that it gives the time, the body time to digest what you had for dinner last night. You know, there's these terrible stories of people dying with five kilos of rotten meat in their stomach because they always put more on top, more on top, more on top. So the digestive system never got to the bottom of it. And if you ask people, then very few people actually ever feel hunger, you know, like that pain that can jab into your stomach. And I don't either if I eat oatmeal for breakfast or bread with cheese or whatever I'll actually I'll eat again at lunchtime just but just because I like eating and because everybody else around me is going to eat now where if I only eat plant-based for breakfast at around 11 o'clock I'll seriously get a jab into my stomach of like <gasps> okay now I'm hungry mm. and then I'll have some nuts or whatever you know to ease over into the break or into the lunchtime so I think I think Our skin is so dependent on what we put into the body and our hormonal cycle, cycles and how all of that is swinging in the microbiome, in the gut. And there's so many different things that will affect our skin. And we have to look at how we're eating. Is our diet primarily anti-inflammatory or is it the opposite? If we live a life full of wheat and sugar and alcohol and coffee and meat and stress and pollution you will see it so much in the skin. So that's smoothie. Yes. I'm a big smoothie fan. <laughs> yeah. What, what do we put in? 
Well, the funny thing is that it, it has many names because we call it the skin food smoothie and the heart food smoothie and the brain smoothie. And then sometimes it's a crazy smoothie and it seems we can't really land on one word to describe it. And it started with me having some mind boggle over the fact. So the health authorities in Denmark, they suggest that you eat six fruit and vegetables during every day. And I was just thinking, my kids are not getting six fruit and vegetables a day. For breakfast, I may get them to, to take a banana or whatever, but often they're tired before an early school start. For lunch, I can make the most incredible lunchbox, but I don't know what's actually consumed of that lunchbox or what's giving to friends or swapped around in school. And I know that, that that's out of my control. And then for dinner, of course, often we're home, but often they're also out in food groups or at birthdays with friends or whatever. So I could just see they were not getting them. So I thought, all right, let me start making some smoothies for them in the morning. That'll be easier. And we started really lighthearted with some fruits and probably some yogurt or whatever. And then the nature of who I am, I can't help but start hiding things in them straight away. I do the same no matter what food I make. I'm always just, just adding some sesame seeds or whatever. I'm always hiding things in there to add that extra nutrients, but where it still stays child-friendly. And then within no time, we were just making the craziest smoothies. So basically on the vegetable side, it may be cabbage, frozen broccoli, frozen spinach. My freezer is just full of frozen things. And luckily in the supermarkets today, you can buy so much of it already washed, prepared, chopped and everything. Then it's beetroot or seabock thorn or berries or everything that we can get. And I try to vary it because I really believe in a varied diet. On the fruit side, we stay lower on the fruit because it's a lot of sugars, but something like strawberries and pineapple is really good to lay as a nice sweetness over mm. the other ingredients. Then on the superfoods, it may be something like spirulina or chlorella, or, and I just add tiny amounts. Bee pollen, I try to add every single day because bees, they know stuff about health and nutrition. And we need bees in this world so crazily and then for the water part i'll either just add water or coconut water or cold tea from the night before if it's a really really good tea i'll also take the tea from the bag and add to the smoothie and so then the leaves from the tea the leaves from the tea okay. yeah and then blend it in and just blend it in you can hide everything in there most essential i think in our smoothies is always chili ginger and turmeric mm super anti-inflammatory but also really a good way to mask some of all the flavors of the cabbage or the spinach or what it may be but also because i really want them as part of my daily diet and there's no other way i'm going to get that in those amounts and even more my daughters you know my my 16 year old i give her half a liter of smoothie like that every morning and it's not like she's like oh yummy oh i love it mom but she really wants it herself because for her, it's just a feel-good factor as well that she knows she started the day right. She knows she's given her body some great ingredients. And it means that if she has pizza for lunch, she's not going to feel bad about it. Mm. But yeah, I, know I have some good friends. They started adding eggs to the smoothies. You could really put anything in there. It's a great way, great way also to avoid food waste. Every time that I can see I have too much of something that we're not going to use because we're going to go on holiday or whatever, I'll chop it up and throw it in the freezer and it all just becomes part of this smoothie system we have going here. There's mm -hmm. a nice inspirational folder on our website 
We have a bit of a blog universe called Guides and Rituals, where we try to put up content that's really about this whole belief that we have, which is no beauty without truth. It's very closely related to karma, really. So for me, skincare should only care for the person. It must not have any side effects or adverse effects to the body. So we really try to inspire on this blog page called Guides and Rituals. And in there, there's a few articles about these smoothies and also a nice PDF folder that you can download and print out and put on your refrigerator because there's so many things you may not think that you can put in there. It can be stinging nettle or whatever. So it can just be nice for inspiration to get started. But but go slow in the beginning because mm. if you start out with making them too crazy, you're not going to like them. And the digestive system. Needs to, uh, needs needs to, to adjust. Yeah, to, needs to be uh, ready to for it as well. Yeah. yeah, so that's super important. Awesome, but uh, the smoothie list will have to. I'll have to check that out as well. Yeah, it's so interesting what you put in. I also put the uh, turmeric and chili and yeah. ginger and different things. I'm gonna try and get milk, but I'm not sure what the Danish dandelion. Dandelion. Yeah. Okay. Dandelion. Apparently, I, I was told when I was a kid that was a horrible thing. Yeah. And now I'm learning that it's it's an incredible weed. New, yeah. And what I really love is all the weeds we have in nature. They are the craziest superfoods. Yeah. And I love this contradiction of how we're like, oh, we hate all the weed and people are pouring terrible chemicals into their gardens to get rid of them and everything. And we should just eat them. Yeah. They're really there for us to eat. You know, it's like Mother Earth saying, oh, my God, you know, I'm pushing all this stuff up through the ground and, and you're just not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to learn about. Yeah. I think that the, the one thing about the smoothies as well is that there's quite a, a lot of about so something like turmeric for example it really needs to be heated to really release all of its most beautiful qualities and especially good if it's with a bit of black pepper so every ingredient has its own little connection with other foods so what i'll actually do to make this possible on an early school run monday morning is that every two weeks or something i'll put a nice series on netflix or whatever in the kitchen on my laptop and then I'll completely empty out my freezer and my fridge and everything and then I'll line it all up and I'll be chopping chili because I still can't buy that frozen and I'll be warming sweet potato and turmeric in the oven and chopping that all up and uh, the worst one of them all is the ginger it really takes time to chop but when you're watching a good series it's fine and then I'll just take the container of the blender and then I'll just start and then put in some of all the bags and then while it's still frozen, pour it into a bag, seal it into the freezer and then I'll make maybe 20 bags. And this means that every morning I just have to get up, take a bag, pour it into the blender, add some liquids, a bit of boiling water for the for the frozen stuff, some nice superfoods and some nice oils. Push go, it takes about 10 minutes. Mm. It's much easier. I do the same thing. Yeah. That was actually after interviewing Sarah on the podcast. Oh, really? And I've been doing okay. smoothies where I spend like a half an hour in the morning. And she mentioned because she have, she have a kid as well. And like the busy mornings, like how to do all this stuff. Yeah. Because most people that listen to the podcast are like, yeah, that's fine. But yeah. What I do when I have kids. Yeah. So it's like, I just chop it up and then I put it in the freezer. And then I have it. And I was like, damn, I had not thought yeah. about that before. So simple. Yeah. So it's not that hard to make your smoothie in the morning. No. You just kind of like, yeah. I do it every Sunday. Or every second Sunday and then make small bags. Yeah. I know we've definitely started quite a movement with it through all the people that we've reached. I, there's so many women that write me. This has just become the most best 
perfect ritual for me. I lost six, seven kilos since I made this change mm. just through my system, you know, having a better chance to digest the food maybe from the night before or not starting with the bread and the cheese. So I think it's a beautiful way to start the day and it's full of body respect. It is. And full of skincare. It's really, you know, your skin is going to love it. So there's one important thing. Yes. It's also that you don't eat the same every single morning. Yes. So ideally you want to have bags with different things. So I've yeah. pretty much been eating the same smoothie for almost a year. Yeah. And that's not as beneficial as mixing it up with different yeah. ingredients. So I think that's really important for people listening. But you can start to make the same ingredients if that's the easiest for you. But yeah. uh, be aware at some point to actually change to different things. Yeah, and if you're a little creative, you can't help doing it anyway, you know, because then you start getting curious and then suddenly when you're in the supermarket and the supermarkets are just catering more and more for this natural health lifestyle. I love it. I'm so appreciative. I, I know as well that I'm lovely, lucky that I live in a big city because I know it's not quite the same in the smaller towns, but yeah. For sure. Something about PhD value. PhD value. PhD value. Yes. The PhD, that's a... Yeah. University degree. Yeah. So what's a, the pH value? Well, the pH value is something that's in everything around us, pretty much apart from oils, interestingly, are neutral in pH value. And you can't measure a value. But our skin has a pH value. The inside of our body has a pH value. This is why we talk a lot about alkaline diet as opposed to acidic diet. Something like cancer loves to live in an acidic environment. So... If you're diagnosed with cancer, it can be really interesting to look at uh, swapping over to live in a very alkaline way because it'll starve the cells. So basically, inside of our body, science says we function really well in an alkaline environment, but actually our skin has a slightly acidic value. This is actually the, immune, the skin's immune defense system. So when you've had a nice sleep overnight and you haven't, haven't disturbed your skin's pH, then you'll wake up with a skin pH between like four and a half and five and a half. This is perfect, the skin is happy. Then you go take a shower. In Denmark, especially, it's very alkaline because we have a lot of minerals in the water, but most of the world is like that basically. Also in countries where the water smell of chlorine, this is really bad news for your skin. So then you have a nice long shower and you really disturb the skin's pH value. And many scientific studies really document, and they go years and years back, they document the importance of a stable pH value in sensitive skin, normal skin. It will create extra dryness and irritability. But in dermatolo dermatologically challenged skin like psoriasis or rosacea or eczema all these skin types is a nightmare and this is why so many people think oh i'm allergic i have a water allergy or you know people really really suffer after showering so i meet a lot of people that will try to shower maybe only every third day it's so it's both on the scalp and it's in the face and it's on the body and i think the wound healing part is really interesting as well because with all the scientific studies that has been done It's really interesting that there's no more that, is, that we don't have more focus on it also within the allopathic medicine. So a few years ago, an incredible science, scientist came to me and said, and I didn't know him from before, and he just said to me, "Listen, there's something that the industry is just not talking about." 
And we had some really long and interesting discussions about this matter. And it really made me, I really had a mind warp about like, how can this be possible? Like so much money is spent in this industry on research and how, you know, how to do the best for skin and everything. Like, how can we be missing this point? And of course, there's certain creams adjusted to the, to the skin's pH. Or you have soaps for the intimate area, for example, that's adjusted to the pH. But with a product like, but first of all, the soaps, you'll never use them on the entire body. But plus, you then jump out of the shower to make sure that the rest of the water won't go in and disturb your pH again and raise it up to seven or eight. And the same with the cream. So let's say you pH level a hand cream. So then you can only use it after you've washed your hands. But what if I'm in the car and my hands are dry and I want to readjust or I want to apply hand cream there, then it's bad news if I use a cream with the wrong pH. Okay, so um, through all the discussions and talks with Jens, it actually took us a few years to nail how to make a product that didn't exist in the market today, but that would really benefit the skin. And we started, we were like, should we make a cream? Should, you know, is it a soap? Like, yeah, but how do, do we get, make sure people wash every little crack of their body? You know, how are we going to, how are we going to do it? And eventually we ended up realizing we just need to make a really simple solution, serum-like, super easily absorbed, that will immediately, after your shower, use of cleaning products, swimming in the swimming pool full of chlorine or whatever, that straight away will reset your skin's pH to a happy level. And this is really what we work with all the time is how can we make the skin happy? Because the skin is incredible at maintaining itself as long as it has the right conditions. So then we started testing on all different types of people and just started seeing incredible results with the most simple, beautiful, non-harmful in any way product. And we almost didn't quite know what to do with all the study results because they were quite overwhelming. And of course, we're not within the medicinal industry. So there's also limits of how much we can claim on a product. So of course, I can inform people that all these scientific studies has documented the need, but I can't say anything about my product doing it. Well, there's a lot of rules about yeah, a lot what of you're rules. allowed to say. Yeah, and I don't want to go into the medicinal area. So anyway, we launched a product called Hero pH Solution back in October last year. And it has just been incredible to see what it's done. We get letters every single week from people where their skin has healed up. They can now shower every day. And mom wrote me the other day that her son has really bad OCD and he washes his hands maybe 40 or 50 times a day. And he used to have big open cracks in his hands and he would be crying when she was putting on creams. And on in three days, he had used the Hero product Every time he'd washed his hands, he'd put that on. He really liked it because it was non-greasy. And this really indicates that the only thing that was really troubling his skin was that it never had a stable pH value. So it never had its primary defense system, an immune defense system, working as it should. Mm. So all that needed to be changed, really, and this is the same with people that may work in a kitchen who washes their hands all the time or... If you wash your hands so regularly, your skin's pH will never lie at the right level. So, and this is, I just love this product so much because if we can strengthen the skin to do its best itself, then I'm happy. That's what I want to do. So Mila, who's nine, 
all her cell regeneration and everything, it's just at the max. I sometimes sit and look at her and, and she's just, I just see that, that she's just this perfectly well-functioning system. And I can't remember if it's already from age 25, it just starts degenerating, going down. So all we can do to really push the body to be active itself, for the skin to do its the job as it's supposed to, for the organs to function well, this is really where we'll see the results and the benefits. So, and again, on the, on the blog site, we've really tried to map out, um, we both link to all the scientific studies, because I think this is really equivalent of me coming to say to you, coming saying to you, uh, you need to start using something called toothpaste and you saying to me, oh, what's toothpaste? You know, because we are, we are adding a product category into the market that was never there before. So I know with the type of mind that I have myself, I want proof. And this is really both how we work with the skincare. We use a high amount of active ingredients. Oh, I never finished that talk about the whole buildup of the product. Never mind. But we really use a high, high level of active ingredients that has been documented by a third part for their effect. Because of course, when you buy an ingredient, that's a salesperson selling that to me, as well as a salesperson selling me a pair of shoes. So of course he's going to claim it's the best. So I want that ingredient to go off to a lab and be proven by a third part. And, and this is, I've grown up with nurses and doctors all around me. So I know that they will be the first ones always to ask me, well, where's the proof? So this is really how I always work within anything that I do. If people start talking to me about structured water, I'll say, great, can you show me the proof, please? So in the same way, we've really tried also with this new product category of this pH solution to really explain what is all the documentation behind and why is it that it works in this way. And it's really super simple with the skin's pH. And that's why it's so weird that that is not more, much more discussed in the beauty industry. Mm. But so the blog, that's where we can find more of the papers. Yes, guides mm. and rituals Perfect. on the kamameo.com. We'll make sure to, to link to that as well. In the show. Yay. So yeah awesome made it time is running i know Suddenly, i'm full of words <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we round off where can people learn more about you and chamomile skincare for sure on the website this is where we spend a lot of time and energy on trying to make sure we say as much as possible i have my instagram it's mid underscore s underscore chamomile this is more about natural health and more about also my private life, but also a lot about skincare. Then there's the Camomile Instagram, which is just called Camomile Skincare. This is also still a lot about the natural health because there's no beauty without truth. That's our tagline. It's really important within the Camomile Skincare. We're never going to sell magic on a bottle. Well, maybe the hero product. <laughs> But, uh, but otherwise, we are always going to really cheer on people going in and really looking at the body as a whole. So then, of course, the Facebooks, Camomile Skincare on Facebook. I'm not getting around to post much on my own Facebook at the moment, but um, I keep believing that just around the corner, I will actually get You'll more get time, time. <laughs> into, my, into my work life. But uh, yeah. Fair. Any last one to three advice for, uh, for listeners? Yeah, well, first of all, I must also mention YouTube. We have a, a channel there, and one of the most popular products of Kamemiu is dry brushing. Yeah. 
yeah. which is this ancient old technique of how you can improve your skin so much. That was just documented to, on average, remove 26% of women's cellulite in five weeks, winning above exercise and everything. That's on the blog as well. On YouTube, of course, you have that nice video area where you can, you don't have to read, you can just watch. So there's some great videos in there. So you asked me for two, three things to round off on. Mm -hmm. Could be something you mentioned already. So like three key takeaways or one key takeaway, like eating well, clean or... Well, I think stay hydrated, drink water is really something. I've been a water pusher since I was 18. Mm -hmm. In a children's book, I saw a drawing of a person that made the part of the person blue. That was kind of how much water we consist of. And that really shocked the pants of me. So I think if you want to start to do something that's good for your skin, for your brain, for energy levels, for your mood, make sure that every day you actually have a focus on drinking water. Buy a nice glass water bottle, put three rubber bands on, fill it up in the morning. The first time you fill it up, or the second time you fill it off, take off a rubber band. Then when you fill it up again, take off the next rubber band. Be a hardcore boss on that one, mm. on yourself. Drink water, breathe and sleep. It It is the key essentials of a happy life, I believe. Perfect. Mette, thank you so much for your time. Thank We you. It. Yeah, it was lovely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.